Shalom, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's how you get on the email list. That's how you support this mission of truth, and your support is much needed and much appreciated. And uh, so there's a support tab there, and all links are on the YouTube video. Today, we are resuming our Torah study for this week, or I should say we're looking at our Torah study for this week, which is Vayichi, Vayichi, which means, and he lived. And the title comes from the first verse of the reading, which says, Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. And in this Torah portion, Jacob prepares for his death by securing a double portion of inheritance for Joseph and then blessing each of his sons with a prophetic blessing. So he prophesies over them, which we will see uh, towards the end here. And then the book of Genesis ends with the death of Jacob, followed shortly by the death of Joseph, Joseph and a promise of redemption from Egypt. So this will be our last reading uh, as far as the Torah portions are concerned in the book of Genesis. So this begins with chapter 47, verse 27, and goes through chapter 50, verse 22, again ending with the last days of Joseph. So we're going to read from the King James Bible this morning, and without further delay, let's go ahead and begin looking at chapter 47 starting with verse 27. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen. And they had possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the whole age of Jacob was a hundred and forty and seven years. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die, and he called his son Joseph. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he swore unto him. And Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel Israel strengthened himself, and he sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which thou beggest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren, 
in their inheritance. And as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan, in the day when yet there was but a little way to come unto Aphrath, and I buried her there in the way of Aphrath, the same is Bethlehem. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed him and embraced him. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face. And lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought, Joseph brought them from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left, and Manasseh in his left toward Israel's right, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and the left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph, and he said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. The angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named among them. In the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude into the midst of the earth. Now, real quick, for whatever reason, that little section jumped out at me. And Jacob says, The angel which redeemed me from all evil. And see, this is why I, you know, this is just another reason why I lean toward uh, that wrestling that Jacob had back in Genesis chapter 16. When he, when the scriptures say, and the angel or the messenger of Yehovah, I, I feel, or I'm sorry, that's not the, that's not the right area. Um, I don't have it pulled up right now, but I'm speaking about, oh, uh, or I guess it was Genesis 31. I'm sorry. And the angel of Elohim, it says, uh, I lean towards that he's actually wrestling with God in some manner uh, because he talks about how he wrestled with God and and lived and, and all of these things. Uh, but he says in verse 16, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. And again, I just, this idea of redemption and an angel, I did go into the Hebrew Bible and look, and it is the word... Um, and when I say I went to the Hebrew Bible, I'm not talking about going to Strong's. I'm talking about actually going into the Hebrew Bible and seeing what it says. And it did say, Ha-Malach, which means the angel. Uh, so that is what it says. Uh, but I just kind of lean towards that. But he says, The angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let, my and let my name be named among them in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Let's continue on. Verse 17. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. 
And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and Asha shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become the multitude of nations. Real quick, again, there are those who believe that many of us are the seed of Ephraim. Uh, but I don't have time to really dive into all of that, but I thought I would just mention it in passing. Um, also, what's interesting is just like, you know, the custom was that the blessing would go to the firstborn always, right? But just even in Jacob's sake, Isaac ended up blessing him instead of Esau. And of course, there was some trickery and things like that involved, but we know that it was God's will and God's desire for that to take place because it was prophesied before it even happened that the older would serve the younger. And in likewise, here we have Jacob blessing the younger, and uh, Joseph's kind of like, hey, this is not how it's supposed to be, but and Jacob's like, I know that's not how it's supposed to be, but that's how it will be in this particular case. Ephraim will become a great nation. Verse 20, And he blessed him that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Chapter 49. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. All right. So Jacob's about to prophesy over his sons and give a prophetic future for them. And what's interesting is that their future is kind of based on some of their actions. And uh, we'll see that as we continue on. Verse 2. Gather yourselves together and hear ye sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and my beginning of my strength, and the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, and defiled, it, defiled thou it, he went up to my couch. So he's saying, Reuben, yeah, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be stable. You're gonna be as unstable as water, and the reason is because of that sin where you slept with Jacob's concubine, Jacob's uh, wife. Verse five: Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are there in their habitations. O oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, my honor. Be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and, their, and in their self-will they digged down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be the neck of thy enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is the lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, and he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. And unto him shall be the gathering, shall the gathering of the people be. 
Alright, so let's stop for a second. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So let's think about what that might mean. So first of all, Shiloh, uh, it appears just, just one time, um, and everyone pretty much unanimously agrees that it's uh, speaking of Messiah. Uh, it could also be pronounced Shiloh. Um, I, you know, it's very, very interesting till Shiloh comes. I didn't, I don't have any great wisdom to share other than obviously this is speaking of Messiah. It says the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come and unto him shall the gathering of his people be. Uh, very, very interesting language there. Uh, I will read for you from Matthew Henry's concise commentary real quick on this little uh, paragraph. And here's what he says in regards to this prophetic utterance about Judah. He says, Judah's name signifies praise. God was praised. God praised for him. In chapter 29, verse 35, praised by him and praised in him. Therefore, his brethren shall praise him. Judah should be a strong and courageous tribe. Judah is compared not to a lion raging and ranging, but to a lion enjoying the satisfaction of his power and success without creating vexation to others. This is to be truly great. Judah should be the royal tribe, the tribe from which Messiah the Prince should come. Shiloh, that promised seed in whom the earth should be blessed, that peaceable and prosperous one, or savior, savior, he shall come from Judah. And so, and he goes on to say, Thus dying Jacob at a great distance saw Christ's day, and it was his comfort and support on his deathbed. Till Christ's coming, Judah possessed authority, but after his crucifixion, this was shortened, and according to what Christ foretold, Jerusalem was destroyed, and all the poor, all the poor harassed remnant of Jews were confounded together. Much is, much is here said concerning Judah is to be applied to our Lord Jesus. In him there is plenty of all which is nourishing and refreshing to the soul and which maintains the cheers of divine life in it. He is the true vine. Wine is the appointed symbol of his blood which drink indeed as shed for sinners and applied in faith. And all the blessing of his gospel are wine and milk without money and without price to which every thirsty soul is welcome. And so that is the commentary on that from Matthew Henry. Uh, but the big thing is that Shiloh would come from Judah. And uh, let's continue on. Verse 11. Binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass cold unto the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. So that's yeah, so just a, another interesting line that just kind of confirms that we're talking about Messiah here. Binding, of, binding his foal unto the, wine, unto the vine, and his ass colt unto choice vine, he washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Zublin shall dwell at the haven of the sea, and shall be for a haven of ships, and his border shall be unto Zidion. Zidon. Ishkar is a strong ass crouching down between two burdens. 
and he saw that the rest was good and the land that was in that it was pleasant and bowed his shoulders to bear and became a servant unto tribute dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of israel dan shall be be a serpent by the way an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backwards i have waited for thy salvation o lord that should say o jehovah god god a troop shall overcome him but he shall overcome in the la- at the last out of asher his bread shall be fat and he shall yield royal dainties naphtali is a hind let loose he giveth goodly words joseph is a fruitful bow even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall the archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him but his bow obeyed in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty god of jacob from thence is the shepherd the stone of israel even by the god of thy father who shall help thee and by the almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above blessings of the deep that lieth under blessings of the breast and of the womb the blessing of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of everlasting hills it shall be on the head of joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren and real quick for those of you who are wondering there's been a couple of times that jacob is we've seen the word almighty uh, that's the Hebrew word Shaddai. It's just a, it's a title for God that we translate as Almighty. Verse 26. The blessing of thy father have prevailed above the blessing of my procrastinators. We've already read this, but I can read it again. Unto the uttermost bound of everlasting hills, they shall be on the head of Joseph, and a crown on the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Benjamin shall shall raven as a wolf in the morning he shall devour the prey and at night he shall divide the spoils all these are the twelve tribes of Israel and this it is that their father spake unto them and blessed them everyone according to his blessing he blessed them and he charged them and he said unto them I am to be gathered unto my people bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite and in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite for a possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife, and there they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife, and there I buried Leah. The purchase of the field and of the cave that is therein was from the children of Heth. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet unto the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered on to his people now before we move on and read the last 26 verses of the portion the parsha we're getting ready to start chapter 50 we've got 26 more verses it might be worth time to go through and study these uh, prophetic futures um and I'm sure there's more that we could be that could be dug out 
um, especially with Benjamin shall raven as a wolf in the morning and shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. Um, I've seen people write up uh, interesting articles uh, talking about the prophecies of Benjamin and how they how they how they uh, kind of uh, really hint at the Apostle Paul in the future, things of that nature. I've seen some interesting thoughts on that. Uh, none of which we have time to to dive into on this show, uh, but there's a lot here. You know, we read the Torah portion, which is, and this is what was done and is done still in Israel, is that the portion is read on the Sabbath every week. Um, it's not always a bunch of. It's well, I'm speculating that it's not uh, somebody pausing and giving commentary every few minutes like I do. You know, the word is meant to be read and to be heard. And for people to come to these conclusions. And um, sometimes we rely too much on commentary or the thoughts of others when really all we need to do is read and study for ourselves. So it may be worth your time to look deeper into that if you have the time. Let's read the last 26 verses of today's Parsha. Chapter 50. Verse 1. And Joseph fell upon his father's face, and wept upon him, and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. And forty days were fulfilled for him, for so are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him threescore and ten days. And when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, my father made me swear, saying, Lo, I die in my grave, which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan. There shalt thou bury me. Now therefore let me go up, I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. And the Pharaoh said, Go up and bury thy father, according as he made thee swear. And Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, and the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, and all, and all the house of Joseph and his brethren in his father's house, only their little ones and their flocks and their herds they left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great company. And they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond Jordan, and there they mourned with a great and very sore lamentation, and he made a mourning for his father seven days. And when the inhabitants of the land of the Canaanites saw the mourning in the floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. Wherefore the name of it was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond the Jordan. And his sons did unto him according as he commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah, which Abraham bought with the field for a possession of a burying place on Ephron the Hittite before Mamre. And Joseph returned into Egypt, and he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father after he buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preventure hate us, and will certainly requite us with all the evil which we have did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, so shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sins, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept 
when they spake to him. I think that's an interesting thought. So the brothers get together to conspire again to come up with this lie. They're afraid that now that Jacob has passed, that Joseph will somehow reveal his real feelings and hate them and uh, judge them for all the evil that they did unto him. And so they construct a lie saying that Jacob told them before he passed that, uh, that, that Joseph is to forgive them for this. Of course, we already know that Joseph, that's already Joseph's posture. That's already Joseph's attitude. And it says, And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Verse 18, And his brethren also wet, went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am, am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. That should be a lesson for us. Joseph is saying, look, all this bad stuff that happened to me, you guys selling me into slavery, put me in that hole, lying to my father, saying that I died and was killed by an animal. Then, not only was I mistreated by all of you, but then when I got here, I was mistreated by the wife of my master who claimed false race rape against me, which landed me in prison. And then I did this thing for these two, for this guy in the prison and asked him to remember me. And then he forgot about me until later on. But all this, all this evil, God meant for good because all these terrible circumstances landed me in the position I am in now. And we should take that as a lesson Sometimes these things are happening and life is getting turned upside down and it's unfair and what's going on. People do some terrible things to us or harm us or injure us in some way. And we think, how could there be any glory for God in this terrible circumstance? Sometimes God is just preparing us for what is to come. And in this instance, a lot of bad things happened to Joseph. Probably several years of him wondering, you know, why? What have I done? I've always served God with my whole heart. I've, I've, ne- I've walked upright. I've been an upright and holy person. What's going on here? What about, this, what about these visions and these dreams I had about everybody bowing down to me? God was preparing Joseph to be very, very important. To really save the whole world. Because he positioned him to be able to store food and uh, all that. Not only that, he preserved his brothers and Jacob... Uh, which preserved the line which Shiloh, which Messiah would come from. So he's telling his brothers, you know, why are you worried about this? Do you think that I'm in the place of God, that I'm going to judge you? God will be the one to do that. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Verse 22. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived a hundred and ten years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children in the third generation. The children also of Machur, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land and unto the land which he sware unto Abraham, to Isaac, 
and to Jacob. So here we have Joseph getting ready to pass, and he prophesies to his to his brethren and to his descendants that, hey, there's coming a day when God is going to bring you out of this land. Of course, they could not probably conceive what was going to happen in the future to them before that would happen, but uh, he prophesied that. Verse 25, And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. And that is the end of our Parsha for this week. And uh, we'll be, that is also the end of the book of Genesis. And so the Parshas will start with Exodus next week. And so that's what we'll be focusing on. That's all I got for you this morning, my friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.